Well, this morning we've witnessed one of the great traditions in the life of this church, the dedication of our children, the commissioning of parents, the commissioning of this church to join in with the parents to help set that rhythm of worship in the lives of these children. And I love that scene every year, the scene where you have the the parents and, and grandparents and friends who are up here with the children surrounded by the elders and the church. It almost is like a blanket. It's a blanket of love and support that we're showering on these families. And I think it's an important image to hold on to, uh, to cling to. I think it is in many ways a living testimony of what we read about in Deuteronomy chapter 6, what we call the Shema, and that the teaching, the commands to the children, the passing on the faith to the next generation. But also, it's a beautiful scene of family. Now, there are many images of the church that we find in Scripture. And a few years ago, we worked through them through a sermon series. Uh, The church is a body, fearfully and wonderfully arranged by God. Uh, The church is a temple, a house, a flock, a field. We heard it this morning from the words of our Lord Jesus, a city on a hill, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And the list could go on, all of these different metaphors we see for the church. But the one that's on full display this morning is the image of the church as family. And I think back to the story of Jesus whenever he is with his, his disciples. They're in a room and, and his mother and his brothers come to visit Jesus. And someone in the group alerts Jesus to the fact that, hey, your mother and your brothers are waiting outside to see you. And do you remember Jesus' response? Who are my mother and my brothers? Here are my mother and my brothers. Those who do the will of God are my brothers and sisters and mother. And it's really in that that scene where Jesus reconfigures, reconstitutes family. The church is a family in so many ways. We are sons and daughters of Abraham, adopted into this family through the blood of Jesus through the power of the Spirit, knitting together this group of people. And and we don't use the language very much. We kind of use it in passing here at Brentwood Oaks. Not that I am opposed to it. I think it would actually be kind of a good thing to start using the the language of family, familial language. We hear it from our east side brothers and sisters. It's not George. It's not uh, Carol. It's Brother Williams. It's Sister Johnson. And I think there's something to be said for addressing one another in these ways. It reminds us that the church is family. And that brings us to our sermon text and our theme this morning. We're going to return to the Gospel of Mark. So if you want to turn to Mark chapter 1, we're going to be at the end of Mark's uh, Mark's Gospel chapter 1, beginning at verse 40. And I would encourage us this morning to look at this this story through the lens of the theme of belonging. So belonging is one of four areas. Belong is one of four areas of which we're challenging Brentwood Oaks to, to think about, especially in terms of this overall umbrella theme of renew. Uh, last week we talked about the theme of encounter. And so in 2020 we want to encounter God but we want to encounter God on God's terms, 
not our own terms. And that's not easy to do, to really be open to God's movement in our lives and to follow where God takes us. Uh, that takes courage. That takes a lot of faith. Uh, next week, we'll look at renew in terms of service, and then we'll finish up the series the following week looking at the theme of grow. How will we grow in 2020? And it's our hope that we will be intentional in, in paying attention to God's movement in one of these specific areas, or maybe all four, uh, as, we, as 2020, as we work through this year. But this morning, we're going to focus on the theme of belong. So hear the word of God from Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet, the people still came to him from everywhere. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, a few years ago at our Brentwood family retreat, uh, I think it was David Taylor and Michelle Broadway were playing theme songs of television shows through the speakers. And it was just the music, if I recall. And the game was, can you guess that theme song? And I think this was a filler game before the world-famous Brentwood Oaks uh, talent show. And if you've never attended the family retreat, uh, I would encourage you, even here in January, to mark off the last weekend in March to join in with that family retreat and bring your talent. Uh, we, ex we are looking forward to seeing that. Uh, but I remember when they were playing this game, there was a lot of laughter shared as the, the theme songs would come up and, and people were guessing, and some were accurate almost every time. And the people were even singing along. And, and sometimes, with a television show, it might not even be a good show. It might be a comedy that's not that funny. But if there's a good theme song, all of a sudden the show becomes memorable. Well, there's one theme song that I think is one of the most popular in television history. And it comes from a little comedy called Cheers. Do you remember Cheers? I actually don't remember much about Cheers. I was six-year-old, six at the time when it came out, and I don't know what a six-year-old would be doing watching Cheers, and it came on at 9 o'clock, which was after my bedtime. But I do remember the theme song, and I bet if I started it, we could sing it, but we're not going to do that this morning. <laughs> but I will read off these lines. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, it sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go 
where what? Oh, you watch Cheers too. Okay. You want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful place. I know Cheers is about a bar. But it's more than that. It's about relationship. It's about a group of people from different walks of life who found a place to belong. And I think Cheers tapped in on something that is so primal, it is so wired within us, that deep need that we have for a place of safety and acceptance and belonging. And in our sermon text, uh, this was something that was being denied to this man, this leper. There's an interesting translation debate, at least it's interesting to me, that I didn't know existed until I read different translations of Mark this week. And it just kind of pops out at you. And it comes in verse 41. And I imagine if you were following along in your Bibles with me earlier, you recognized a word that was a little different. It The meaning was a little different whenever you heard me read it. I read out of the new NIV, uh, which came out in 2011. Now, most of your translations say that when Jesus was moved, in verse 41, when Jesus encountered this leper, that Jesus was moved with compassion, or moved with pity. And that's certainly represented in the ancient manuscripts. And just a side note about our Bibles and about ancient manuscripts. There are thousands of manuscripts that have preserved the scriptures through the centuries. There are thousands of manuscripts that were handwritten, hand-copied by scribes and by monks who kept the scriptures intact and kept the scriptures moving from generation to generation. And it is a gift to the church. And you can imagine with all of this handwriting and And a lot of this is covered up for myself whenever I'm writing because the word processor tends to correct things and lets me know that there are errors. But imagine all the handwriting, hand copying that goes on for the thousands of manuscripts. What comes up is variations in some parts of Scripture. There are scribal errors, maybe a misspelling. Uh, There are also maybe a few scribal, we don't know exactly, little corrections here and there. And in many ways, this is, uh, it shows the authenticity of Scripture because you have all these manuscripts over a wide region and you see all the variations and there's extraordinary, mind-boggling consistency among the manuscripts. But there are slight differences from time to time. And about 95% of these variations, what we call textual variants, are completely innocuous. They don't affect the meaning at all. Maybe it's an article that's changed or something along those lines. But there are a few places, and we're running across one of those today, where you have to make a decision because the meaning does change a little bit. So in other ancient manuscripts, in verse 41... It doesn't say that Jesus was moved to compassion. Instead, it says that Jesus became indignant, angry, 
whenever he encountered the leper. And that's a strange translation, if you ask me. But there's a rule of thumb that goes along with interpretation. It's an ancient rule of thumb, and it's this right here, that often the more difficult reading, if you have a choice between two different variants, the more difficult reading is the preferred reading. Because it makes a lot of sense that a scribe, if he saw something that was strange, would try to make something more clear, not less clear. In other words, the more difficult reading, the more it's probably the original reading. And all that to say, when we come to verse 41, we have to make a decision. Was Jesus moved to compassion? Or was Jesus angry? Well, let me throw it out there and and invite us to at least entertain the possibility, because it is a possibility, that Jesus was angry. Which begs the question, why would Jesus be angry? Why would he be angry when the leper approached him in such a way? It's hard to imagine that Jesus was angry at the leper himself. I don't think that's really reflected in the text. The leper approaches Jesus with deference and humility and faith. And so often these qualities are applauded by Jesus in the Gospels. Jesus doesn't seem to be frustrated when he reaches out and he touches this leper. In fact, it seems to be just the opposite. Now, it seems to me that Jesus' anger comes in seeing the plight of the leper himself. This man is one of God's creatures. This man is made in the image of God, and yet the life he lives is a living nightmare. He lives a life of separation. He lives a life of humiliation and disorientation. That is his normal, and that's not the way life is meant to be lived. Standing and kneeling before Jesus is the embodiment of the brokenness of the world right there in this man. And Jesus' reaction is, in my mind, is akin to what we see throughout the Gospels, the the pathos of God, the the deep emotion. God feels deeply. We see it whenever Jesus approaches the tomb of Lazarus and he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead and he sees Mary and Martha and he sees the wailers there and the people who are mourning and he is so moved. He begins to weep. Knowing what he's about to do, he begins to weep. God feels, God feels deeply. And he sees this man, not just with a physical disease, but the social isolation that comes along with it. Here's how one author describes the life of a leper in the Jewish world. He says, The Old Testament set out detailed steps for the diagnosis of the disease of leprosy. And we see it in Leviticus chapter 13 which rendered the victim ceremonially unclean and required separation from family, friends, and the religious life of the community. Touching a leper, like touching a corpse, resulted in temporary ceremonial uncleanness. Only a priest could declare a person clean or unclean of the disease. Those judged unclean were required to live outside the community. Wear torn clothing leave their hair unkempt and cover the lower part of their face and cry out, 
unclean, unclean. He goes on to say that this ostracism, together with the fear of contagion and a slow, painful death, made leprosy one of the most dreaded diseases in the ancient world. And although the Old Testament allows for the possibility that people could be cured, the disease was considered practically incurable. And all the biblical accounts of healing result from miraculous intervention. So I'm trying to imagine that kind of life. Living in that kind of state of public humiliation. A life where no one comes up to you and makes conversation. No one comes up to you and asks your name. No one comes up to you and asks, how was your day today? It's a life where no one could touch you. And if they touched you, they would become dirty. Unclean. You think about it. A leper wouldn't even be invited to the cheers bar. No one knew his name. And certainly no one was glad that he came. The leper had no place to belong. And so it's no wonder why Jesus, the bearer of good news that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is angry at this scene. And I would suggest that this is an anger not devoid of compassion. Whatever translation you choose, compassion or anger, compassion is there. I would categorize this as a righteous anger when Jesus sees that this is not the way the world should be. Anger at the system that cuts off those who want to belong. This leper desires not just physical healing. This leper desires the kind of healing that will restore him to the community. That will bring him back into this family. He desires a place where everybody knows his name, and he will belong. And this is exactly what Jesus of Nazareth is offering him whenever Jesus says, I am willing. This is what Jesus is offering this man when he reaches out and he touches the untouchable. And he loves the unlovable. This is why Jesus had come to restore right relationship between God and man and to restore right relationship between one another. And those are intricately connected. It begins with our relationship with God and it trickles out. It goes horizontally. This is what the cross is all about. This is what this table is all about. The healing of community. Community with God and community with one another. And it's this story where we see really the unfolding of the gospel because the truth of the matter is there is a little leper inside of every person in this room right now. We come here to this place with a little leprosy inside of us. There are parts of us that are unclean that we try to keep hidden in our Sunday best. Every single person here has been touched and tainted by sin. We feel the deep effects of it. And yet we gather here in this place among these people, among our family. We come beaten and bruised by a fallen world. We come to the foot of the cross. 
the place where we find healing and mercy and grace. We come to the cross and we find a God who is willing to touch the untouchable and to love the unlovable. This morning we come here just like the leper. We come really not being able to keep this good news to ourselves. But this good news has implications. It has implications for the way we conduct ourselves here at Brentwood Oaks and especially to think through this theme of belonging. In 2020, we want to experience God's renewal and we want a place to belong. And I'd like to use, as we close this morning, this story of Jesus and the man with leprosy as a way to think about and consider ways where we live out this theme of belonging, because belonging is really a two-way street. On the one hand, there's the community of faith, the church, the body of Christ, people who carry the Spirit of God within us, people who carry the pathos, the compassion of God, even the righteous anger of God when we look around us and see things are not as they should be. And I would categorize this under the phrase, we hear it often, doing good better. Is Brentwood Oaks a place where everybody knows your name? Now that's asking a lot. That's asking a lot of a church of about 600 people. But that doesn't excuse us. That doesn't excuse a group of cleansed lepers to not be on the lookout for the lepers among us. Lepers who are seeking community. Lepers who are looking for a place to belong. Well, what does that look like on the church's side? Well, that could be as simple as keeping our head on a swivel during our time of greeting, looking for those who are on the fringe, looking for those who are standing by themselves. It could be inviting people to lunch, inviting people to home group, inviting people into our homes to share a meal. So much of the mission we see in, in the Gospel of Luke and in the book of Acts and in the New Testament took place over breaking bread together. And that still rings true today. The mission of hospitality. So what are we going to do in 2020 to reach out and help those on the fringe find their place among us? On the other side of this are those who are looking to plug into the community and you're looking for a family of faith and maybe you're new here this morning and you're seeking a group of people who will become family. Well, there's a responsibility in that as well. And the responsibility is to commit to accepting those invitations. It's to commit to being here. It's to commit to serve and to do those things which strengthen the bonds between brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm telling you this, the sense of belonging can't happen if you leave before the last amen. You have to be here. The leper knew where he needed to go. The leper came to Jesus. 
the people at the end of this story, when they found out Jesus was out in the lonely places, went out to Jesus. They threw themselves out there. And I'm going to go out on a limb to say, if you, if you throw yourself out here among these people at Brentwood Oaks, we have people who are hungry to fold you into the family. And if that doesn't happen, shame on us. Belonging. The Brentwood Oaks Church of Christ, a people who carry the Spirit of God, a people who are walking in the footsteps of our Lord. What are we going to do to nurture and foster that sense of belonging among us in 2020? Let's think on such things. Let us be the people where we, we know each other's names. We're glad that you came but beyond that, we are ready to lock arms and serve our Lord together. That's what belonging is all about. That's what family is all about. Well, this morning we have the opportunity to respond to the good news of the cleansing which we receive from our Lord Jesus Christ, what we are about to, to celebrate and remember here at the table and offer up our thanksgiving for what God has done, what God continues to do in forming this hodgepodge group of people who would not come together in any other way. But God has knit us together, and this is by His grace and by the power of the blood of our Lord Jesus. That is good news, brothers and sisters. If you'd like to respond to that good news in any way, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing.